You are now listening to Well-Fed Women, the show that's been radically changing the way women perceive health, fitness, and their bodies since 2015. I'm your host, Noelle Tarr. Submit your questions to wellfedwomen at gmail.com, and you can keep up with the show on Instagram at wellfedwomen. Welcome to the Well-Fed Women Podcast. This is episode number 320. I am your host, Noelle Tarr of CoconutsAndCuttables.com. I'm a nutritional therapy practitioner and a certified personal trainer. I am here with my co-host, Stephanie Ruper, and today we're going to be addressing everything there is to know about the connection between adrenal fatigue, in quotations, also known as HPA axis dysregulation. Adrenal fatigue is not a real thing, but... The uh, physiological shifts that happen to your adrenals, specifically your HPA axis, is very much so a real thing. Um, And so we'll be talking about that today and how it relates to blood sugar and insulin. The last time we asked for questions from of you all, it was very loud and clear. We need to unpack blood sugar and cortisol and insulin and the adrenals. So that's what we're going to do. It's going to be a blast. Before we get into that fun, speaking of stress, if you experience stress, anxiety, chronic pain, or have trouble sleeping at least once a week, you are certainly not alone. I am right there with you. Over the past few years and to this day, like yesterday, so many of you have asked about CBD oil. And while this has been around for many years, it's really only been in the past year that I found a company that I trust and was willing to use and and met all of my criteria. And since then, I have been experimenting with CBD oil, mostly to help me manage my chronic pain and occasional like anxiety at night. And I cannot tell you how much it has changed my life. Even last night, I was overwhelmed. I was working late trying to prep for this episode and because I had put it off and I was working on other things and I was like, now I have to sit and work late and that's fine. It's just my my own personal issues. I'm working on it. And I came up to, and the time has changed. So like, I'm not totally getting tired super early like I am, but anyway. Um, so I came upstairs and I just said, all right, I'm just going to take the CBD oil and I went right to sleep. (laughs) I laid in bed and maybe thought for about five minutes before falling asleep. And that is saying a lot because I will, I have laid in bed for hours before when I have too much on my mind. So, um, actually more recently it's, it's been a problem and it's not now that when I take CBD oil. So CBD actually interacts with your endocannabinoid system. So just like we have receptors for dopamine and serotonin, we also have receptors for cannabinoids. It helps to naturally reduce stress, anxiety, pain, and sleeplessness, sleeplessness. Taking CBD oil is not addictive and there are no psychoactive properties. One of the problems I had with looking into CBD oil is that there, a lot of them have additives. So I found Feels, that's F-E-A-L-S, and why I ultimately chose Feels CBD oil is that it's organic, it's natural, it's entirely produced in the USA. They use 100% organic MCT oil as the carrier oil to stabilize and increase the CBD's bioavailability. Um, and even one of the co-founders, Alex, was actually nice enough to jump on the phone with me twice to answer all of my na- nagging questions while I was doing my research. So that helped too. Um, their products are formulated with only the purest ingredients, no fillers, flavors, or unnecessarily fl- unnecessary fluff. It's literally just full spectrum hemp and then USDA certified organic MCT oil and nothing else. Um, I've personally, again, been using it for the sleeplessness and my back pain, and I haven't had to use ibuprofen since um, using feels, which is amazing. Um, It really, it just couldn't be easier to use. You just place a drops, like a dropper underneath your tongue and you feel the difference within minutes. The thing to remember about CBD is that finding your right dose is important, and so everybody's dose is different. So you wanna leave room to experiment over the course of a week or so to figure out what is your right dose, and I did do that. Um, so the best way to get high-quality CBD oil at a discount is to become a Feels member. I am a Feels member. Um, I have the 1,200-milligram bottle shipped to me monthly now. And as a member, you can pause or cancel at any time, and the shipping is free. 
and they have a very generous happiness guarantee. And then with our special code, you actually get 50% off your first order. So become a member today by going to feels.com slash wellfed, and you'll get 50% off your first order with free shipping. Again, that's feels, so F-E-A-L-S dot com slash wellfed to become a member and get 50% automatically taken off your first order with free shipping, feels dot com slash wellfed and then join our well-fed women holistic health community on facebook um i'm probably going to be hosting a discussion there hopefully this week because i know so many of you have so many questions so let's talk about it um hi stephanie hello welcome to the show wow i just did the chipperest hello i know that I, you fool, for this you, podcast i really like, believed it hello <laughs> <laughs> So believable. Um, there's this uh, there's this phenomena in the UK where when people are going to end a conversation, their voices just keep going up and up in pitch. <laughs> I think I've seen this. Yeah, and it's like, okay, yeah, thank you so much. Okay, cheers, bye. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cheers, bye. Like, it okay, has to go all right, uh -huh. so funny. <laughs> <laughs> that's cute it's not obviously it's not 100 percent of the time but it happens a lot mm -hmm. um yeah so anyway i thought of that when i was like hello <laughs> hey did you did i do you know this today's my last day of being 34 yeah so i have all these alerts on my phone <laughs> that are literally i have alert my phone yesterday that says noelle's birthday is wednesday and one on my phone today that says noelle's birthday is tomorrow <laughs> You're so sweet. It did. Yeah. And, and I like I put some <laughs> I put some thought into like something I could do and I didn't really come up with anything. So happy birthday. Thanks. <laughs> I, I expect my uh Skype message with with all the emojis. Oh yeah, it's coming. Um and I have the benefit of being in the UK of like oh, you know, first. If, if I'm up till midnight, I get to yeah. be like first and you know um so yeah. anyway um yes this is momentous and i am so glad that you are on the planet and in my life and thank you and happy birthday thank you steph mm -hmm. i love you i feel like a 35 is kind of the the, the year the year of you're an adult i yeah. i felt i kind of felt that way at 30 but i was like nah I don't know. It still feels like oh, it's just 29, but 35 all of a sudden is like, oh, cool. So we're doing this. So yeah, I can't pretend anymore. <laughs> there's no pretending. There's there's no pretending. So here we are. I do feel like, oh, wow, I should probably have my stuff together and stop. I really do feel like I was just 20 something and but yes, but, I, but I wasn't. So <laughs> oh, I see. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's not what happened. Yeah, so here we are. So I actually, and of course, you know you're really getting older when it doesn't. I mean, I'm excited about my birthday, but I'm also like, eh, you know, I got, I got stuff to do. So um, my husband and I are going to do something. We're going to intentionally try to leave the house and, you know, Whoa. go get coffee. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to take 30 minutes around noon to get a drink that will help us work harder when we get back. <laughs> so true <laughs> <laughs> luckily we have a babysitter so we're probably, wow. you're, gonna, you're gonna hate this we probably i think we're planning on well no you won't hate one of them but we pro i think we're we're gonna try to go to pottery barn because i need to <laughs> i need to i need to sit in some dining chairs <laughs> hashtag 35th birthday <laughs> I we're going to, to pottery barn i we're getting so we bought a table when um we lived in that really tiny house in Philly and now we have two kids and the house is the the table's pretty tiny so anytime my parents come or whatever it's no we all can't fit at the table so we're like all right we need to actually get a six person you know where you can put two chairs on each side table so we bought the table but now we need i don't have chairs so but i want them to be comfortable and because of my historic back issues i'm like i need to sit in some chairs so anyway I'm going to go see if they have any chairs to sit in. And then I am going to go to get some more plants. I just, I need to do it. 
I need to, I need some plant replacements. So anyway, that's what I'm doing. Um, I have another question for you. Have you seen this natural cereal trend? I don't even know what that means. <laughs> can, I do can not I, know what that sentence means. Let me introduce you to the latest TikTok quote unquote trend. Okay. Okay. Get okay. this. You put berries in a bowl and you pour coconut water in it. And no! Then, and, then you, <laughs> and then you eat it. Sorry, I'm here. I know. It, I just literally when I saw that, I was like, no, no, we're not doing that. No, this is not trending. Like, who's doing it? Is it like the kids I, doing the TikTok like the, thing? Or is the it the kids who's thinking doing it? they've come up with an innovative idea to put berries in a bowl and then pour coconut water over top of it? I'm like, yo, y'all should try the coconut milk and then topping it with with homemade. Have you tried Noelle's magic shell? That's a trend. That's a trend. Putting berries in a bowl and then putting water in there is not a trend. (laughs) And I know so many of you listening are like, it's good though. I'm sure it is. It's berries. It's fruit. The sweet. I, I feel like I would have problem with the texture. I feel like I don't really want water on my berries. Exactly. Like, why not <laughs> yogurt? I just, I, uh, there were other options. I'm confused. <laughs> I'm so glad you feel the same way. Because this is why I was like, I have to talk to Stephanie about this. Because I feel like I'm the only one who's like, no. This doesn't this is feel like a, a real trend to me. It's like, a trend. It's so just it's what that. For, and like, forced. what do you do on TikTok? Just eat it. Like, you eat it. Don't people normally dance on TikTok? I'm confused. Is there a dance? <laughs> With their middle parts, isn't that what they do? <laughs> With their middle parts, <laughs> and like yeah. when people TikTok, like, do they use selfie sticks? Do they like prop their phone on their? Like, I'm just so confused. Oh yeah, oh oh, that and more. It's you got stands and diva lights, and yeah, for sure. Wow, it's a production. Okay. I know, isn't it? Can you imagine if we had to do all this to like stay relevant in high relevant school? In high school, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and nope. to like get like a little light that plugs into your phone so every yeah. selfie you take is with a ring yeah. light that's a thing right yeah. yeah honey what do you want for your 16th birthday I, I really want a diva light can i get a diva light <laughs> i was like i need Ugh. some money to invest in mutual funds oh my god nobody 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 picked that one up for me <laughs> I was like, can I have a gift card to Limited 2? Not when I was 16. I I don't know. I just want to go shopping. That's probably what I wanted to do. I always wanted new clothes. Mm -hmm. Um, Anyway, and then my last and final announcement is that I am totally going to use the the fact that I have a podcast to try to make this bigger so I I know full well what I'm doing. But uh, my husband and I are actually starting. We want to get back. We've wanted to do this for a while, and we actually did this when we were living in Annapolis. Um, But we decided the end of last year that we were going to make 2021 our first year where we start directing races again um i actually have a history i've created and directed races before and my husband and i had worked together before kids in annapolis to do a race called feed annapolis and you run um in that race was you ran five miles around the downtown annapolis area and then at the end you pack meals for kids in the city who are hungry um, or on like free and reduced lunch and don't have enough meals through the weekend. So the meals that a lot of um, nonprofits provide, they team up with schools and they'll provide like boxes or bags or packs of food to send home with kids who are on free and reduced lunch because then they don't have they don't have a they, they get their food at school. And if they're not at school, then they're not eating. Um, and so we just we were doing some digging last year. And um, some of you know, I've mentioned a, a a really awesome nonprofit called Food for Others in our city. And I actually donated a lot of the podcast, like a percentage of our podcast um, sponsor money to Food for Others because the demand in our area <clears throat> and everywhere, of course, with like nonprofits, um, specifically like food banks, places that provide food, uh, went up like, you know, 
hundreds of times, hundreds of percentages, <laughs> like 100% um, doubled, the need doubled. And so I... Uh, we decided um, they actually have a program. It's called the Power Pack program where um, they provide like seven meals in these bags, these like large bags. And then those those bags go home with like each kid who who's on free and reduced lunch or who, have, you know, is is not getting enough food at home. So um, so we're actually doing that in 2021. It's called Feed Fairfax. You can go to the website right now. Um, and it is a 5k in a neighborhood in our city, in our county. So I'm in Fairfax County in Virginia. And, um, it's going to be a flat and fast 5k, super fun. You are going to, there's going to be cash prizes and all the things. And then, um, we're going to be packing power packs. So the, the, when you run, you're basically your hundred percent of your fee to run the race is don't, is, a hundred percent of it because of um, sponsors and our church and all that is covering the costs of actually the race production, but, and you know, the website and all that kind of stuff, but the, so a hundred percent of your fee the, that you pay to do the race goes to um, buying power packs. And then you actually will pack those power packs for kids. And then food, food for others is going to be there helping facilitating the packing event. And you'll actually go through and pack your packs and then we'll just, and then food for others will be distributed and distributing them to the kids in our community. So we actually have a virtual run portion of it so that it can be a little bit bigger than our city. So you can go to feedfairfax.com, guys, sign up or just plan your trip here. Okay. We can do this. You can drive up here, hang out with me on Saturday, June 5th. Um, we're going to be doing the 5k. And then if you can't drive here, you know, and you you have other things to do. That's fine too. But uh, you can run virtually. So you would run, you'll run, you can run your own 5k. You can actually submit your time and like tag us and all that kind of stuff or tag me and it, whatever. You can tag coconuts and kettlebells um, and run the 5k. Now I've talked way too long about it, but I'm super excited about it. Like Ken and I are really excited about just getting involved again with community efforts and trying to like use what we know about races and the running community to like raise money and kind of facilitate, um, you know, being the hands and feet of Jesus to people in our community. So, and we're really good at directing races, even though I don't like running. Um, but if you want to, if you want to come up to Fairfax, Virginia on June 5th, you can hang okay. out. I have can, a couple of questions. One, the, the website will be live soon. Yeah, it's not no, live right no. now. When okay, does it? I just tried to go I'm like, this is the thing. So we actually, uh-huh. we're actually working with a website developer. The website is so awesome so go okay. yeah feedfairbacks.com will be live once once now when cool. as you're listening to this yeah great um secondly can one donate without actually running <laughs> yes is there yeah. like a little donate button on the page yeah we have register and then we have donate yeah the two big buttons at the top that's what yeah we're like yes we'll we'll put a donate button but you okay. could just write you could register for a virtual portion and and then walk the 5k if you wanted to or run yeah so <laughs> i'm gonna do it yay I'm this is a well-fed woman happy event birthday. i would i would be happier if you <laughs> i would be happier if you were here i was gonna be like are you gonna be home can you i wish i, I so much wish i could yeah it's such a, a tangled nest of me trying to figure out where to be in the world when i can't but i know um yeah, uh, I will do it. And Yay. So it's the weekend after Memorial Day. So Memorial Day is the Monday, the 31st. This is on June 5th, Saturday, Fairfax, Virginia, right outside of D.C. Make it a trip. You can, like, enjoy D.C. and then come and, like, run the 5K and pack some meals and then go <laughs> do D.C. things. Okay. Well, I can always do future races. And uh, I was going to say, well, maybe I'll sign up if we could get like a certain number of well-fed women listeners to sign up or what, <laughs> but I don't, you know, I don't need to have, I don't know We I have to, we can talk about it. No, well, there is, there is that, a one mile fun run and that is, um, suppose like my idea is like kids running for kids. So I want parents to feel like their kids can also participate so that your kids can run the Love one it. mile and then they will also help pack food cool. which is like a really interesting concept for stella because we've been talking to her about the race and then so now she always is like some kids don't have food and i'm like i yes so now she's like getting it which oh. is i think really impactful but <clears throat> wow yeah. okay cool 
So I'm excited. Message me if you have any questions. And if you're planning your trip, then I will help out. Register today. CFAFX.com. Okay. Would you like to jump into more relevant uh, discussions? Uh, this I guess is super it's all relevant. relevant. Give yeah, me a moment. Is. I have to put this in my calendar. Okay. Gosh, okay. Who are you now? You're talking about your calendars. And your... <laughs> is this because you have a Mac now? <laughs> um, okay. Noelle's Maybe. run thing. June 5th, guys. Mark your calendars. We'll wait. Noelle's run thing. Okay. I'll wait here. Um, great. Lovely. Okay, Wonderful. Okay. Thank you guys for um, being patient and letting me do that. If you've struggled with leaky gut or have a history of antibiotic use or have taken antibiotics recently, there's a new gut repair supplement from Bioptimizers that's a game changer. Leaky Gut Guardian is a new supplemental powder that contains powerful probiotics and prebiotics, and it also contains a patented one-of-a-kind ingredient called IGY Max. IGY Max is an egg-based protein that enhances gut health, reverses damage caused by antibiotics, and even helps with immunity threats. By taking it daily, you'll eliminate bad bacteria, feed the good bacteria, repair your gut lining, and build up your immunity all at the same time. It's great for people who are experiencing leaky gut or have and want to further repair their gut with key nutrients. That's what I love about supplements. They provide your body with key nutrients, and they also help in situations like this where there have been inflammation and past damage. Leaky Gut Guardian comes in two delicious flavors, so vegetarian vanilla or chocolate carnivore. And the chocolate carnivore is an enhanced formula that includes collagen and bone broth for additional gut healing benefits. It's a powder, so you just add it to smoothies, water, or coffee. It mixes well, and it really tastes delicious. Try it out and see how it works for you by going to leakygutguardian.com. Dot com. That's leaky gut. So L E A K Y gut G U T and then guardian G U A R D I A N dot com forward slash well fed. It's expertly formulated. And if it doesn't work for you, they have a generous 365 day money back guarantee. So leaky gut guardian dot com slash well fed and then use our code well fed 10. It should be automatically applied at that link, but make sure it's applied and you can get an additional 10% off your order. And you can also use that code at buyoptimizers.com for 10% off your entire order. Okay, question number one. This is from Lindsay. The link between blood sugar levels and cortisol in the context of adrenal fatigue slash whatever the acceptable term is for struggling adrenals. Blushy smiley. <laughs> Blushy smiley. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I love this. this. <laughs> Sorry, too. this is this is huge. This is this is a big topic. I think um, I appreciate all, there. There was a lot of questions about this, so we can definitely break it down in, in many chunks. But um, I think it's hilarious that people are like, "What do we even call this now?" My my husband. I've told you guys we've been struggling trying to find a thyroid doctor that will actually work with us. And my husband was talking about how his adrenals, he's having some cortisol issues, and he said adrenal fatigue. Doctor, The doctor was like, no such thing as adrenal fatigue. That doesn't impact it at all. I was like, oh, I wish I was on the phone with him, Ken. But um, he, Ken was just like, okay. Like, I mean, he didn't say anything, but I'm like, guys, just because the term adrenal fatigue is not like a real thing, that's not what's happening, your adrenals aren't getting tired, doesn't mean that the actual physiological changes or, or how the adrenals are shifting or changing, like the impacts aren't real. Like that's that it's still a real thing. It's still a real condition. It's just not your adrenals aren't they don't need a nap. Yeah, you do, it's so but. it's sorry. It's so funny. Noelle and I both have posts on our blogs that are about how like adrenal fatigue is is different. Hers is um has something in the title about it being a myth. Mine is <laughs> like the post on my blog is called "Why Adrenal Fatigue Doesn't Exist." <laughs> Man, I got so much stuff. I got like there was so much negative um yeah response to that post initially, but um you were like, guys, clickbait. <laughs> it's just clickbait. I'm just manipulating my title. Yeah, so. <laughs> Um, but also like stating a fact and it's just, it's very interesting. Like the whole, like, 
you know, the whole concept, because I think as a society, we all sort of understand that there's a state your body can get into where you're just like way overtired and you can't seem to produce like you can't seem to become energetic again, mm. right? Or like, you know, and having these clusters of things, like there was a thing and we called it adrenal fatigue because it was like, oh, well, it, these are the things that help us feel awake, so they must be tired. But it turns out that that's not the case. And what's actually the case is, you know, it's it's sort of like your body becomes resistant to hearing the cortisol signal. It's like many of us understand the concept of insulin resistance, Right. Your body is producing insulin, but your fat cells aren't hearing it. Like it's not hearing the signal. And so your body will produce more and more insulin and then you may become more and more insulin resistant. And there's just this sort of like feedback of, of not being able to hear that insulin signal. And so far as I can tell, and there may there are likely other factors at play, your body can become resistant to hearing that cortisol uh, signal and I want to like talking about blood sugar or anything that elicits a cortisol response in your body. Um, I'm going to use the analogy of coffee <laughs> because <laughs> stress, right? Like physiological, emotional stress, coffee, a blood sugar swing, all of these things will uh, elicit a cortisol response. So I can drink coffee for a cup, one cup a day for a couple of weeks and then. I get so tired, I can barely move, and I feel really emotionally down, and I like start to feel a little bit sick, and that's just like, that's it. And I know that I have entered a state of cortisol resistance. Like, I just, I now know that, that that's what's happening, because, and maybe people in the audience will resonate with this, I can drink a cup of coffee in that state. And it might give me a little bit of energy, but it's going to be quite insufficient and I'm going to crash even harder than before because all I've done is make the problem worse in the long run because I have tried to, I have put even more cortisol in my system and my body has been like, oh, I can hear that a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> and and then it just gets drowned out in the noise and I need more and more and more but I'm becoming more and more and more exhausted. And so the only solution for me out of that is to just spend a few days being really, really tired. And then I start caffeinating again. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm just kidding. Like um, I, I am working to, you know, find a, a level of caffeine that won't do that to me. And it's currently I'm mm. doing tea, but anyway, um, so that's sort of like, that's kind of how that works. And I don't know if I, I um, you have studied yeah, this that's more important. recently than I have. So I don't know if you want to elaborate on it. Or no, that's important. That's exactly details. right. Yeah, that's exactly right. And I I think one of the interesting things, I, I don't I was just thinking back to like, where did that adrenal fatigue thing come from? And I do know that there was like a book written about it. And that was like the, the coin term mm. is that your, you know, your adrenals basically burn out. Um and that that was sort of kind of stated as a fact, and it's not a fact. It doesn't actually happen. But what Steph was saying is it's kind of like the boy who cried wolf, where, you know, the boy keeps crying wolf. And sooner or later, the town's like, yeah, no, not not going to keep falling for that. And so that's kind of what happens when you're. And I mean, it's the same. Like, if you understand the the concept of of insulin resistance, which we will get to in a second, we can review because it is kind of complicated. And it's like, well, wait a second. What is that? Your body gets is heard, you know, cortisol or been hit with cortisol so many times that it stops responding to it and it says, "Not, nope, we're we're done here." And so all the things that cortisol does is impacted by that. Most notably, you get really, really tired. And yes, your blood sugar issues can be the result of this adrenal dysfunction, also known as, what will, you know, HPA axis dysregulation or whatever. So cortisol plays a role in regulating your blood sugar. Um, it's our stress hormone. So when we are in a stressful situation, it revs our body into high gear and with the help of other adrenal hormones, epinephrine and norepinephrine, also known as adrenaline and noradrenaline, um, it increases our focus, our blood pressure, our heart rate, and it frees up stored glucose. And so generally, when our blood glucose levels rise, so when we're eating food, 
our pancreas secretes insulin to move the glucose into our cells for storage. Again, you eat food. Your body says, okay, I need to do something with this glucose. Your pancreas secretes insulin to move the glucose into cells for storage so that it can be used for later periods of activity. So now we have stored energy. Uh, And this is really important because blood sugar levels in the bloodstream are regulated quite intensely by the body because if it comes becomes too high or it's you know drops too low it can be really really dangerous like you could die right so this is like a big deal so when your blood sugar levels drop your body releases something called glucagon from the pancreas and also cortisol plays a role in this too it plays a pretty big role in freeing up stored energy glucose and then synthesizing that so we can use it so if you're dealing with hpa axis issues and your cortisol, your your body is now cortisol resistant and it is in fact stopped responding to it. Now you're going to have a real big problem managing blood sugar. And I think somebody even mentioned in one of these questions like, hey, I'm dealing with hypoglycemia. Why is that? So when you need to manage blood sugar, specifically you need to raise it, you're going to have a hard time if you're dealing with HPA axis dysregulation because your body has become resistant to the cortisol. And so now your body is not responding. So when cortisol comes knocking and saying, hey, we need to free up some blood sugar here, things are getting low, your body's not going to respond. So this is why many people deal with hypoglycemia and just feel really crappy or tired or you get hangry. Um, And it can also cause major blood sugar swings because your body has lost the ability to manage blood sugar in a balanced way. Um, So one of the solutions, and I think we'll probably talk about this in a little bit, is really need to eat sufficiently and regularly. You cannot be having these big gaps of time where you're not eating. And that's why when we talk about adrenal fatigue, one of the things, like the number one thing, I have a whole blog post on like, you know, adrenal fatigue and what you, how to, how to treat the real condition. Number one, number, like I'm writing it, number one in the air is Stop dieting, stop, don't intermittent fast, and eat regularly. You need to be eating regularly. If you're dealing with serious adrenal dysfunction and you have run yourself into the ground, you need to be eating regularly and combine protein and um, fat to kind of slow the absorption and stabilize your blood sugar when you're eating carbohydrate. And just don't skip the meals. You, you need to eat more regularly. So the second question, which I kind of love and is kind of all intertwines here is this is from Laura. She said, how to, how or if under eating can cause issues with blood sugar insulin resistance. Most of the time when you hear about blood sugar issues or insulin resistance, you're told to cut out sugar, eat less, lose weight, etc. But what about for someone who is chronically under eight and has been underweight and dealing with blood sugar issues and insulin resistance. How does under eating cause or contribute to blood sugar imbalances? And this was the second comment. To piggyback on Laura's comment about under eating and blood sugar levels, I have an eating disorder history and was recommended the ketogenic diet because my blood work showed that I was insulin resistant. I have followed the diet, staying in ketosis by measuring my blood ketone levels for two years now. I don't know if I should stop this way of eating or not. I don't want to become diabetic if my past restrictive and fat-fearing way of eating was the cause of my insulin resistance. My father just passed away from stomach cancer, and I have that to fear as well. I know cancer loves sugar and carbs, and that turns into sugar, so now it's in my head that the keto diet would also be better for me due to my father's illness that I could be predisposed to. Okay. Did you want to, did you want to keep, I mean, you just, did you want to keep, okay. So, um, there was a, there was definitely a relationship between, um, all of these things. It's all deeply connected. I think you bring up a really good point that, you know, we have these ideas that certain health conditions like can't be had by people who are, you know, uh, slender, a PCOS is one of them. Uh, and, um, insulin resistance is another, uh, it can definitely accompany, uh, blood sugar, uh, issues, uh, or sorry, under eating. 
Um, and it's actually quite common for people with a history of undereating to struggle with reactive hypoglycemia, uh, which is basically just a uh, like a more extreme reaction to a, a carb, you know, to carbohydrates. You eat the uh, carbohydrate and your body creates, uh, produces more insulin than you might necessarily need. Um, and then the blood sugar, your blood sugar will drop uh, quite precipitously. And then you're at a blood sugar low, and then your body may create some cortisol to help you uh, as a part of helping you swing back up into a blood sugar medium. Um, and then you can just sort of like end up in, in one of these loops and it doesn't have much of anything to do necessarily with uh, being of a particular body size. Um, to my knowledge, scientists aren't 100% sure about the causes of reactive hypoglycemia. Do you know about that, Noel? Say that uh, again. Sorry, I was on mute. <clears throat> uh, to my knowledge, scientists, like the all of the various possible causes of reactive hypoglycemia are not uh, definitively known, right? Um, I mean, I think that they, I think where the, the complication comes in is that there could be a lot of underlying root issues that impact your, your body's ability to manage blood sugar and even just like, I mean, essentially stress, you know, so stress can come from yeah. a lot of different forms. And so that root cause can be a lot of different things. Yeah. Okay. Um, but like, yeah, so un so under eating is a stress. Yes. So if you're under eating, this is what we're getting at is under eating is a stress. So dieting, eating less calories than you need, in other words, mildly starving yourself um, leads to a number of physiological changes in your body. So like, this is not just like, oh, this is this is like a known fact. This is these are studies have shown this. So when you are under eating and this is not just like eating twelve hundred calories a day. This is like work eating sixteen hundred calories a day and working out. <clears throat> Progesterone decreases, as does other sex hormones. Your metabolism slows down and then stress hormones, including cortisol, increases, as does ghrelin. Because that's your hunger hormone, of course. Like, your body wants you to eat. So chronic stress in the form of chronic undereating can lead to chronically elevated cortisol levels, right? Chronic stress, chronic elevated cortisol levels, which in turn can lead to insulin resistance. So yes, stress can lead to insulin issues. So for example, when we are in stress, like you're experiencing stress, let's just say, for example, which everybody likes to use this example, which is you're sitting in traffic, stressed out, you're annoyed. Chronic undereating is another example. Mentally and emotionally, you know, taxing yourself because you're consumed with your body and your food or whatever. Over-exercising. Talked about that last week. This leads to chronically elevated cortisol levels. So when you have chronically elevated cortisol long-term, that leads to consistently higher glucose levels because one of the things that happens in the stress response is your body is saying, oh man, there's something happening. It's super stressful. I need to have more focus. I need to have a higher heart rate. I need to be, you know, I need to have more blood sugar because what if I need to do a sprint real quick? So you have elevated cortisol levels, higher glucose levels sitting in your bloodstream, but you're sitting in traffic. So you're not actually running from anything, that bear or whatever, as everybody says, the tiger. Um, you're just hanging out with your chronically elevated cortisol levels. So this leads to consistently elevated insulin levels because what does insulin do? It's secreted and it says, oh, crap, we got a lot of blood sugar here. This is not good for us. We're not using it. We need to now store it again. So we're freeing up and restoring. And now we have this chronically elevated insulin levels and that leads to that same response that we have with the cortisol resistance and the adrenal issues, except now it's called insulin resistance and it's with insulin. So, you know, when we have this, I, I, the messaging has gotten messed up here where we, uh, the, this is, sorry, it's just like, oh man, when I see the, oh yeah, I have insulin issues. So, um, and I have a disordered eating history. So I was recommended keto. And I, I think I asked you too. I was like, who recommended keto? Um, because I think the messaging has gotten a little screwed up that if you have insulin resistance, you should be doing lower carb or keto. And that is not 
the only way to help heal insulin resistance or to help manage blood sugar. It's just not. It's not the only solution. And in fact, okay, so because we have this, you know, paleo people love to talk about the sad diet or, you know, what was was the thing that Mark always said? Um, You know, insidious weight gain comes from, you know, we've we've (laughs) we've demonized carbs, right? Carbs, carbs, carbs. Carbs is a problem. Sugar. Sugar is a problem. And I get it, right? Like, sure, not, not the best impact on your body. Like a diet really high in sugar and processed carbs. Typically, if you, if you're following a sad diet, which is the standard American diet, and you're really you're not eating vegetables or fruit, and you're just eating a lot of processed sugar and carbs, you that can also lead to insulin resistance because now you are eating so much sugar and so much carbs, and you're throwing all of that into your blood sugar, and now your body's like, whoa, constant blood sugar high all the time. Insulin has to be up; it has to always be taking you know the blood sugar and storing it. And that can lead to insulin resistance as well. So, you know, the paleo folk, us included, we're always like, okay, insulin resistance. The thing to do here is to switch your diet and not eat all the processed carbs and sugar, right? Eat more whole foods. That'll naturally reduce your carbohydrate intake and sugar. And But that message got a little fuzzy. And now people with insulin resistance and blood sugar issues that come from stress, because yes, that's a real thing. um, Now we're like, fast and eat keto but i don't that that is not the only solution and in and in fact in this situation it can make things worse so to improve your health overall and to again turn off some of those genes just because your parents or somebody in your family has cancer does not mean that that is a, a definite for you that is not a, a, a sentence. You are, sure, predisposed to it, but we know a lot more about now epigenetics and how genes function. You have the ability to turn off specific genes based on how, what your choices and your lifestyle choices and what you do today, most notably reducing stress. And so really the biggest impact that you can have on your life is to reduce stress overall and lower inflammation, get sunshine exercise. These are clear things that we know improve health and lower lower inflammation. Of course, eat fruits and vegetables, focus on inclusion, focus on eating enough, and take care of your mental health. Like, I've been reading the book um, Dirty Genes by Dr. Ben Lynch, and I, it, I, it's pretty high level stuff. But I think it's really fascinating that we have all these genes and these SNPs that, that can lead to specific things. But the message is one of hope because you can actually, and I mean, his terminology is, is um, fun. It's like, you know, because he calls it dirty jeans. He calls it like a scrub or whatever, like cleaning your jeans, like scrubbing your jeans. But, um, you know, there are lifestyle shifts that you can make that actually those genes, even though you have the SNP, they aren't, you're not going to have the symptoms of that SNP or they're not going to be turned on. So you do have, you know, choices that you can make and there are ways that you can lower inflammation and improve your health and you don't have to necessarily be on keto for that. I would, I would be very interested to see your, your biomarkers to get your testing done to see where you're at, where are your inflammatory markers at and, um, what, you know, what is your metabolic health? What are your hormones like? What's your cortisol like and all of that stuff. And then you can move forward with, exploring a different way of eating and existing with food and that's you know about health and lowering inflammation and all that stuff but you don't have to be like tracking ketones if you don't want to it's not the only way to health so yeah i'm um yeah a lot of people turn to a lower carbohydrate diet to try to help manage their insulin and then they find that they have become insulin resistant Mm. right and and that's just um you know it's it's a normal physiological response when you're not uh, when you're not consuming carbohydrates your body kind of wants to hang on to them once you do consume them they're like oh carbs yay so (laughs) so it it can become the case that if you want to start eating carbs again, it's going, you need to be careful. Uh, and it, adding them in slowly, I think, is mm-hmm. uh, definitely warranted. Uh, you just take your time. Uh, it can be regained. Your body just has to, you know, relearn those uh, relearn those ropes. So, 
Uh, yeah, carbohydrates can be great. Uh, vegetables and fruits uh, have a lot of really nice vitamins in them and they're fun to eat. So uh, I'm definitely uh, super on board with it. That isn't to say keto can't be useful from time to time, but yeah. 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 Um, the last question is from Ashley and she says advice on cort- low cortisol levels when you're not able to when you're not quite to the adrenal fatigue or whatever the term is now, but on the cusp of it, what can we do? Should I just eat another sweet potato and call it good? Or is there more to it? I just really love that people in our community are like, okay, we know that this word, <laughs> everybody in so many like, different yeah, ways. Yeah, are yeah, like, yeah, get on with it. <laughs> um, yeah. So some advice, should I just eat another sweet potato and call it good? Uh, there is, when is there not more to it? There is more to it. Um, <laughs> Yeah, no, yeah, thank you. Sad. This is the lovely question. Yes. Um, well, I think what we want to do is to be nourishing our bodies as well as we can. And I do think that usually uh, includes some amount of carbohydrate. Uh, making sure that you're eating nutrient-dense foods is really important uh, for supporting your adrenal and other gland function. And so, yes, nourish yourself, eat when you're hungry. I have definitely noted, like, my body does give me some, like, stressy signals when I fast, you know. So, and everybody is different, and those signals could look differently or not occur at all. But I'm just, it's a point in service of the fact that, uh, yes, uh, going a long period of time without eating, if you want to err on the side of taking care, then eat when you're hungry. And then like emotionally, identify what it is that's causing the problem. I think that that is, that is it. Uh, maybe it's caffeine. I definitely think that can contribute like for anybody. And so just pay attention to that. Take it out for a while. See the effect it has on you. Anything again, it's it's very hard to to quantify and to understand because we can't actually see it. But there are a lot of things that will elevate our cortisol levels. It's just like a fact. Uh, coffee's on the list. Emotional stress is on the list uh, of all different sorts, and you know, anxiety and sadness, and you know, they all have slightly different neuro transmitter profiles, but any kind of emotional distress is on that list. Undersleeping is on that list. Uh, having to manage a bunch of different stuff. Um, exercising in a intense state. All of these things are stressors and they can be very healthy in small doses, but when they're heaped on and heaped on, your body can stop hearing that signal. And so I think the thing to do is to investigate where it's coming from and then manage it. And that means usually for people managing some kind of stress mm-hmm. and doing the work that is required and doing the kind of self-care that is about learning to set boundaries and set aside time to prioritize and think about what you need and that sort of thing. And by prioritize, I just mean like we all need to be intentional about where we're allocating our energy because it is limited and our cortisol and our ability, our body's ability to do things is limited and we have to become acquainted with the contours of our, you know, of our energy and our capabilities and then ride them as opposed to ignore them or just drown them in, you know, 32 ounce coffees or whatever it is people are drinking these days. So, um, (laughs) I think that that's my, I have like, I do have friends who drink coffee in like buckets and I'm just like, I wish, like I do really Mm. wish, but I, I can't, but anyway, um, yeah. So, that is uh that is my more to it. Yeah, I agree. It's it's to stop the stress and also to figure out what is the root cause of your um, almost having adrenal issues that needs to be addressed. So once you've kind of like gone over the hump, it's so hard to get back. So I mean, you can you can do all the right things and it and it takes a while for your body to finally recognize, "Oh, okay, I'm I'm safe. Like I'm good. Like things are coming back online." cortisol now is not there you don't have that resistance and i mean we see this with like hypothalamic amenorrhea too and people get so frustrated because you can go back to doing all the things that you're doing before when you didn't have ha and that's still not going to cut it you need more time you need more food you need more whatever more stress reduction more rest 
And so it's much better to stay ahead of the fall than to fall and like have to crawl your way back up. So staying ahead means like ditching the under eating, ditching the fasting if you're exercising. Because as, as my interview with Stacey Sims so highlighted, like you, fasting is not appropriate for women who are training and exercising. Um, and it's going mm-hmm. to only heighten a lot of your like issues, hormonal issues for women. So we see a lot of studies with fasting being great interventions for certain things, but it's, it's generally not for women who are exercising. Um, rest enough. So if you're working out more than, Five days a week, it's probably too much. You need to reduce your time and intensity, incorporate more rest days and walks. And um, I just feel like this intense cardio and fitness, you know, era that we're in is really driving women into the arms of adrenal dysfunction. And then, like Stephanie said, be careful with caffeine because caffeine increases cortisol and you need to sleep and eat good food and eat regularly and supplement with vitamin D and get out in the sun and get magnesium in that's basically yeah. the blueprint <laughs> so and like and 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 rest too you know because right. like our, our cortisol levels naturally like go up and down throughout the day mm-hmm. and there's a lot of stressful stuff going on and so being intentional about coming down taking whatever it is you need maybe a periodically throughout the day or and especially at the end of the day you know if you can like i think i've i've talked about this on the podcast before but Taking some time to do deep breathing exercises is a wonderful way to help activate your body's like parasympathetic, I'm going to calm down right now, response. And then it's a little bit of a reset, you know, it it, like chisels away and helps your body sort of like be like, oh, okay, okay, everything's okay. And then life is hectic and you're running from thing to thing and you're like, and then you like, you like take a minute to reset and then hopefully you also in in the evening are able to relax and you can do that in so many different ways and having fun and laughing is is really important you sitting and being contemplative and deep breathing is just really 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 big and just a few minutes can make a difference so you may periodically throughout your day or at the end of the day but i don't want anybody to think that <laughs> doing these things can replace the other stuff of of prioritizing and thinking about sources of stress in your life cuz that's i think you know like that's that's the core of the uh, thing we we should be doing. It's funny when anybody ever says like deep breathing, I'm always like, oh, I like have to take a deep breath. That's wonderful. <laughs> yeah, you should focus on breath work. I'm like, mm. and it's interesting because when you actually take a deep breath and you get the air like full into your lungs, it's like, oh my gosh. Well, you know, I didn't really, I didn't, sorry, I didn't really have one with the same kind of clarity that other people do until I got my surgery. So oh, now right. I'm like, oh, this, this is good. Uh, <laughs> Air. You know, yes. I'm like, especially on the right side, I'm like, this is like a wind tunnel, you know, it's like, a, <laughs> <laughs> like, wow, look at the cavern. <laughs> wind anyway, it feels great, you know. Good. That's it, I think, for a discussion on adrenal fatigue and blood sugar and insulin resistance and carbs. Hopefully it was yeah. a little bit of insight. I'm sure we could talk for much longer as we always could, but that's probably we'll be back next week doing that. So <laughs> never fear. Anything else to add? No, I'm good. All right. For more from Steph, go uh, follow her at Stephanie.Ruper. It's S-T-F-A-N-I. S-T-F-A-N-I. I still get a lot of like PHs when people are addressing like, us. Uh, like Stefani, like Gwen Stefani. Stefani, yes, exactly. And then for more from me, follow me at Coconuts and Cuddleballs on Instagram. Please follow us. That would be really helpful. And then you can also join our um, Facebook podcast community. That's just a place where we all connect and you can ask questions. Um, search Well-Fed Women Holistic Health Community on Facebook. Thanks, guys. We love you so much. We'll talk to you next week. Bye.